Why do you always use binoculars? Hmm. They make me see things closer, even if they're not very far away. I pretend it's my magic power. Hmm. That sounds like poetry. Poems don't always have to rhyme, you know? They're just supposed to be creative. So, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. I want to go on adventures, I think. Not get stuck in one place. How about you? Go on adventures, too. Not get stuck, too. Anyway, we can't predict the exact future. That's true. It's possible I may wet the bed, by the way. Later, I mean. Okay. I wish I didn't have to mention it, but just in case, I don't want to make you be offended. Of course I won't. What's that button for? The? Yeah. It's not an accomplishment button. I inherited it from my mother. It's not actually meant for a male to wear, but I don't give a damn. Are your foster parents still mad at you for for getting in trouble so much? I don't think so. We're starting to get to know each other better. I feel like we're in a real family now. Not like yours, but similar to one. I always wish I was an orphan. Most of my favorite characters are. I think your lives are more special. I love you, but you don't know what you're talking about. I love you too. <laughs> Thanks. I'm a gentleman, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Alright, welcome to Facing Off. This is a podcast where a few beige lunatics uh, take two movies beige? that they find... Beige? Am beige? I saying... Oh, it does sound like I'm saying like sage. It's beige. When a <laughs> few beige lunatics... Take two movies <laughs> that they find to be similar in some way, and they compare, contrast, and rate them. Uh, my obnoxious, smart-ass co-host, who cares so much about pronunciation, Nick, is joining me, and I'm Gabe. And we're also joined by Layla. What's up, Layla? What's up, guys? What's up, facers? F- oh, facers! What's up, guys? What about that? <laughs> me, 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 me. Uh, dude, tss. Uh, so excited to do these two <laughs> movies with you guys. I think I'm short-circuiting. Something's happening. Yeah, what's going on? I'm hungry, and I'm kind of out of it. Layla, what kind of bird are you? <laughs> <laughs> Never thought about this before. You could just say a raven. I was actually kind of wanting to just say what bird I am, Gabe, but... I, now, I mean, I kind of think I'm a raven. I kind of look like a raven. But go ahead. What bird are you, Gabe? Well, I, I'm not a bird. I'm a human. Um, but I'm a sparrow. <laughs> You're a what? I'm a sparrow. Oh. Cardinal. I, <laughs> Cardinal? Yeah, I mean, I got orange hair. Oriole. Well, that's orange. Oriole. That's orange stomach, though. Um, anyways. Uh, yeah, I mean, your stomach hair is probably orange. This is out of control already. But, <laughs> hey. It is as as most what people. What color is your stomach hair? <laughs> My stomach hair. Oh, Let's be clear. actually, it is orange. So I guess I am an Oriole. I'm like a cardinal Oriole. 
Anyways, um, we are going to do, we're doing like a little bit of a cross promotion. Uh, if you love Christmas and you love movies, and even better yet, you love Christmas movies? Oh my God, who are you? Uh, check out the podcast Christmas and Chill. Uh, their podcast where they take each day in December, they rate and review and talk about a different Christmas movie, which is just crazy, but it's Incredible. a good time. Uh, like an advent calendar. Yeah. But for people with a lot more time on their hands. Yeah. I mean, if you're a huge Christmas uh, movie fan, go check out that podcast. You'll hear a promotion for them at the end of this. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have any shout outs? Uh, Santa. All right. Uh, elves. Okay. Uh, These are great. These are awesome. Candy cane makers. Let's do this for the but rest not, of the but podcast. But not the minty candy canes. <laughs> Not minty candy canes. I like the ones that taste like oh the fruity candy, ones, but they're in the shape of a candy. Yeah, cane. like the like purple and green ones. Sometimes, yes, like, those are fucking good. Yeah. The berry ones, minty ones are stupid. You get those all year long in circular form at restaurants. Yeah, you time do. for a synopsis. Yeah, these two movies <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> what are the two movies? What is this podcast? Today, this is a nightmare. today we're not good at transitioning between two dissimilar uh, uh, things. But we are good at talking about two similar things, which is the point of our podcast. What the fuck? These two is movies going on? are about <laughs> orphans who escape into the wilderness. Yeah. More or less. In the hunt for the wilder people, rural couple, rural couple, Heck and Bella adopt troublemaking orphan Ricky Baker. The ever positive and completely badass Bella warms Ricky's cold little fat orphan heart by teaching him how to hunt <laughs> and giving him a dog named Tupac. However, Bella dies suddenly, leaving the usually stoic heck in disarray as social services notifies Ricky he will be returning to orphandom in short order. Ricky fakes his suicide and leaves for the wilderness. Heck follows him and the authorities assume that he's diddling Ricky out in the bush somewhere. The two bond as Ricky teaches Heck to read and Heck teaches Ricky how to live off the land. When they encounter an ill ranger... Heck tries to care for him and sends Ricky to find help. Ricky meets a girl and falls asleep at her house on accident. The next morning, he rushes to find Heck gone and the ill ranger safe as police intervene and swarm the area. When Ricky finds Heck, they spread Bella's ashes into a waterfall before the police apprehend Heck and send him to jail as Ricky is sent to live with another family. After Heck's jail time is up, the two reunite and return to the bush in search of an extinct bird. Yeah. It's the neck. The Ill Ranger is for sure my rap name from now on. Fuck yeah. By the way. Moonrise Kingdom follows the budding young pen pal romance of Sam the Orphan Boy Scout and Susie the Slightly Troubled Young Actress. Both overly mature youths run away from home and those who care for them on their New England island, including Susie's parents, Sam's Scoutmaster, and the local police captain, search for them. Susie stabs a Boy Scout and the two flee to a place that they call Moonrise Kingdom, where they plan to live their lives together as a married couple. They are found out, and Sam is threatened with the prospect of juvenile detention and electroshock therapy as he stays with Captain Sharp in the interim. Sam and Susie escape again, uh, and their caretakers again search for them. Uh, they, uh, what did I write? Sam and Susie meet at a church during an electric storm. Sharp saves the two and adopts Sam so he can remain on the island and continue his romance with Susie. Yeah. Wow. yeah, there's no extinct birds Damn. in that one, so it's really the only difference. Good synopsis. Yeah, good synopses. Uh, I guess it's kind of clear if you've seen these movies why they're similar. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, the m- main reason we wanted to do it, I think that uh, Taika and Wes Anderson are often kind of compared. They they have like a similarly strange 
yeah. kind of offbeat brand of comedy and uh, artistic vision for how comedies are. Yeah, um, they're like uh, they're both stylistic movies about orphans. Yeah, and and like father figures who you know learn to take those orphans on essentially. Yeah, uh, I guess. Uh, all right. Well, they both have poetry too. Um, let Whoa. us break these down, oh. right? Should we do that? Uh, like that? Yeah. Okay. So we are going to use five categories this time. We're going to be using a comedy category instead of spectacularity. We're doing spectac hilarity. There you uh, go. Each of these categories we rate on a scale of one to seven. One being lowest, seven being highest, four being average, neutral, or in between. Not going to explain our rating scale again because we've done that a million times. Go check out our other episodes. They're pretty damn good. Uh, let's start. Well, actually. What would you guys like to start with? Um, I don't know, man. I didn't really write any notes because I really enjoy <laughs> watching both of these movies. Okay, let's so start with Spectac Hilarity, uh, which is where we just talk about how engaging the movie was. Uh, since they're comedies, how well balanced the comedy was. Were you laughing a lot per minute? Um, were you laughing really hard? Uh, and, uh, or were you just kind of distracted and a little bored and taken out of the movie and disengaged? Uh, Nick, why don't you start with, uh, no, actually Nick, don't start because you said you (laughs) didn't take a lot of notes and now I'm remembering that. Uh, Layla, why don't you start with, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, Spectac Hilarity. Okay. Talk to us about Um, this Wes Anderson flick. So I kind of had like, Bullock? Um, I kind of had a hard time with Moonrise just because... I got, unfortunately, in my head really comparative about, like, Wes Anderson movies, which I feel like is not a smart thing to do here because we're comparing these two movies. Um, I gave it a five. I think it's a very engaging movie, and I love it. And I don't know if it was just upon my, like, fifth rewatch this time around, but I did find myself kind of disengaging a little bit more than I'm used to. So I like, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's just that I've seen it a lot (laughs) Um, or just that I'm realizing that I don't know if Moonrise is quite up there for me with Wes Anderson movies. Um, Interesting. I know. I really really thought about this so much when I was writing my notes because... I love Moonrise Kingdom. It's an incredible movie. It's it's a great Wes Anderson movie. Um, but I realized when I was watching it this time around that I just don't think I find it like quite as funny as I should. <laughs> like there were Weird. some moments where I was like, I know I should be laughing right now, but I'm not. <laughs> and I don't know how to explain that. So I, I don't know. I gave it a five. I think it's an incredibly engaging movie. In the past, I've always been engaged with it. I do love it. It's the best thing about Wes Anderson is how intentional he is and how awesome his writing is and how he can take trauma and like deep emotions and very real Mm -hmm. things and make them into this, which is like in a very engaging heartwarming and very charming film. So it's a five, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'll play more into what you guys say, but I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I, I actually am, pretty damn close to a seven um yeah. just because yeah. I, wes anderson's one of my favorite directors i love all of his movies i'm gonna be binging them all through again soon i'm just gonna spend a day doing that um because i'm crazy um 
But I, I just love the feel of being in a Wes Anderson movie. And I think Moonrise Kingdom was one of the ones that really, really ropes me in the most. Like, I, I like his animated uh, stop motion ones, but they don't rope me in as much as his human ones. And once he started becoming more artsy, I like ones with like real human beings. <laughs> I saw your face. Uh, right. But once he, he started, you know, the, the voices more... of the animals aren't animals. Well, I, you fantastic. know what I mean? <laughs> I, when they're talking about That's like George human Clooney. beings, That's yeah, George Clooney, not a Fox. Oh shit. Well, wow. You're blowing my mind. Um, yeah, changes. I don't everything. know. The thing is about moonrise <laughs> kingdom, like, especially if I'm talking about engagement level, like, First of all, this movie is an hour and 33 minutes, which is just spectacular. Like, what a what a perfect length of a movie. Actually, it could be yes. like seven minutes longer and be perfect. Um, like it's a Tuesday, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't, have, I don't have two hours and ten minutes. Exactly. It's so much easier when we're re-watching stuff, even though this is something I watch all the time. So when I saw this in theaters, me and uh, Clay uh, were dying of laughter. The part when she tells him about her finding the book about like how to deal with a kid with issues and he starts laughing and she gets mad clay and i thought we were gonna have to leave the theater we were just like (laughs) trying to contain our laughter and we it just carried on through the next scene um it's such a specific type of humor that he has in his movies but especially in this one it's such like matter i was trying to like figure out what it is that's so funny and some of it is like it's such matter of fact dialogue yeah. when they're talking. He's very he's out there with everything. It's just very like I was I, I just playing off of what you just said. I read a bunch of articles after watching Moonrise because I was trying to find like a dialogue, a way to say or describe. Yeah, it's like Wes indescribable. Anderson. Yeah, it's indescribable. And like most of what I was reading was just that like he just puts it straight out there. Like it's very just it, he does. There's no like. You don't have to like, try like, to figure things out. Like it's just like flat in your mm-hmm. face. <laughs> totally. And it's also like joking it's like jokingly taking things too seriously. Yes. Like mundane things totally. too seriously. I don't get I I mean I one I, a couple things that kind of pull me out. I hate that he always has to kill an animal in his movies. He always kills a fucking animal. And but the scene when it happens is pretty funny because she goes, "Was he a good dog?" And then he's like, "Who's to say?" Who's to say? But he didn't deserve to die. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it, he'll rope you back in. Another thing, I'm not a big fan of the sexualized scene between two 14 year olds. I I don't even know how it was legal that he put that in the movie. And I saw that there were articles about that afterwards. Um, it's a funny scene when they're dancing, but it's fucking weird. I don't it's enjoy weird. watching that scene. It's weird. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> it's, no, it, it's disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways. It, yeah, yeah, I mean. I'm out of yeah, It's not. It just it's felt unnecessary, I guess, is how it I is, felt. Uh, it's a bit much. Yeah. They could have yeah. just like, like kissed, ha- I guess, half of and that. like yeah. dance. Yeah. <laughs> Take out yeah. half of it. Exactly. He didn't need to that, like touch her boobs. Half of that, we're good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the rest, no. I don't know. I went six. I was almost seven. Did you go six, Gabe? Yeah, I'll stick I with have a to remember six. To actually write I'm going to be a little objective about it and stick with a six. <laughs> Just yeah, a little. Just give a it smidge. all sevens. I'll be a smidge. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. Scores. I'm going seven. <laughs> you did? Damn, dude. I'm I got a seven. I love it. It's it's the perfect math. length. Wait, and okay. I'm so so this is this is. Okay, this is so hard because it's like I the reason I couldn't give certain things a seven was because I started comparing other Wes Anderson movies to other Wes Anderson movies. It's my second favorite Wes Anderson movie. Okay, all right. 
What's your first favorite? Life Imagine Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Oh, that's right. And it always will be, and it always will be a top three movie for me. And I'm sorry, I'll never, that. I'll never budge on that. Should we all it's just say our favorite movie. Wes Anderson movies right now? Get it out yeah. of the way. Go. <sighs> I don't know that I like. I mean, Royal Tenenbaums, I guess. Ugh, okay. There's always one person, dude. <laughs> sorry, ma'am. Uh, mine's Fantastic Mr. Fox. There are many people who are in the Fantastic it's Mr. Insane Fox. insane that he trained that fox to talk just like George Clooney. Just it like it is insane. Clooney. You're still blowing my mind. Uh, Nick, what so did you... Wild. Uh, but what did you think about like the hilarity and engagement level of this movie in particular? Oh, I, think it's a, I think it's a super engaging movie. I, I remember loving it when I saw it in theaters, and I love it now, and so I didn't take notes. I just wanted to watch it. I mean, that's I didn't want to be- write stuff down. If you're it's not taking and notes and, and you're not distracted, that's like the best way that's of That's a critique in itself. Yeah, yeah. that's right there. Yeah, exactly I didn't want to take notes. I mean, that's why I didn't write it down. Um, I went five for Wilder People, though. Oh, yeah. Talk on it. And it's kind of interesting watching. Like, they they do have Wes Anderson and Taika Waititi. They each have this, like, stylistic approach to things where it's like, yeah, this is a bit different than most other people make a movie. And they do, they kind of have this similar... Um, uh, like disconnect from realism. They're not like, that's not yeah. how people talk, you know, like you like you guys said, like Wes Anderson puts things out there and it's just not how people speak to each other, mm. but that's the point. What, what's interesting about hunt for the wilder people is it seems like Taika is kind of working out his pacing and like his style in this movie. Oh. And there's some stuff that's not ironed flat, I guess. Like, there's enough funniness and interesting pieces sprinkled throughout it. And, like, there are some really shocking moments that are played for two different reasons. Like, the mom dying is really shocking and sudden. And a great use of of pacing in the movie. Yeah. To just, like, shock you into paying... And kind of flip what the story feels back like attention. it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then it, there's another kind of shock at the end where Hector does go to jail... Yeah. Um, you kind of don't <laughs> see that coming necessarily. And they're both, you know, those those points are really high points. There are some really great comedic points and some big scenes. But I don't think that as a whole it's as engaging as something like Moonrise Kingdom where Wes Anderson just has this style. Like he sticks out. to it. Yeah. He sticks to it. He has a formula. And it just works so well. Taika Waititi's not there with... with Wilder people, but he's close. What What did you think, Layla? Are you on the same page? Oh God, it's hard because like you just made such a great argument, and I completely agree with everything that you're saying, and it's so true. Like Wes is just perfect at his. I mean, he's always working on himself, but he's so perfect at his craft. And Taika is definitely still learning, and he's so new in the game. Uh, but I like I okay. I'll just start with what I did give it. I gave it a six, and I gave it a six because. I personally have not laughed out loud while watching a movie in a very, very long time and like consistently. And I was cracking up the entire movie. Like I was, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. (laughs) And yes, there are different, like just film wise, there are totally things that can like bring you out because it's not a perfect film, but I think I gave it a six just because like I truly like I did not look at my phone. I didn't take notes while I was watching it. Like I took notes afterwards 
And that's, it's a great critique of the movie that I didn't want to do anything while I was watching it. I was loving every second Thought it was so funny. And you're right. Like there's some great pacing in there that keeps you engaged as far as the storyline. Um, I did, there was like a moment in there and maybe I should go down to a five because I'm kind of convincing myself too. But there was a moment at the end when the whole car chase scene is happening and the social worker is starting to get real annoying. And I'm just like, okay, now I'm like a little bit ready for this to like move past this point. What? She's the best. <laughs> so I, we'll, we'll talk about her in actoring. But she I, does I sort have, of wear on you. She starts to wear on me at a certain yeah. point because it's, it's a funny gag no in the beginning. No child left behind. It's no child left behind. <laughs> No child uh, left behind. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I, I, I like, like I the can't, interrupting cow. Gabe, <laughs> I wanna I wanna hear you talk because I have I can't decide between a five or a six. I you go. Give it a six, and I okay. understand. I guess what Nick is is <laughs> talking about, but it's just for me. I just don't. I don't don't experience that anytime I'm watching this. There's something super majestical about this movie. Um, it keeps me engaged. It's I've watched it heaps. Uh, I, I watch it over and over. I think it's just one of those, it's one of those movies that's so easy to recommend to other people. Like one of my good, like litmus tests for a movie that I think anyone would like is if I can convince Kevin Rose to watch it. And then Kevin really enjoys it. And he was like really excited that we were doing this movie. So I, I think it's this really engaging, funny film. And, uh, the, like I said with, you know, Moonrise Kingdom, Taika's humor just really works on me. Um, I think the story as well is just really engaging. I don't think the story is like super unique and we'll talk about that later, but I think it is super engaging and things just keep popping up throughout the story to keep you engaged. I mean, there are really cool like montage moments, like when they're like basically living in the forest and, and it's going like back and forth with Ricky running around and like kind of like hunting, I guess. And then there's like the, the sequences where everyone is doing the manhunt to find them. Um, I, uh, I love like, there's a little bits of the humor that are so great and, and keep me laughing. Like, like him fucking running away at the beginning and only getting like 200 yards (laughs) and the mom's reaction is so funny to me. Um, I, I like, uh, like how they run into like random people, like the girl, the, the girl's dad a question mark is it yeah. her dad it's like, her dad he, the jake johnson looking <laughs> yeah, guy it's uh, her dad uh he is so funny and he's so like funny. asking him to get like selfies <laughs> i like and then they run into like psycho sam and psycho <laughs> sam is one of the, it, like that whole segment is so <laughs> absurd that it just keeps me engaged i'm never bored i i don't i didn't find it um disengaging towards the end so i give it a 6 i, I don't think it's like i i take a movie is great I'm never as engaged as I am with Wes Anderson, but that's just a preference. I, okay, so I'm going to stick with six just because if I'm going to give this movie a really high score, it's going to be in this category because it just okay. really is truly incredibly funny. It's just so that's, funny. That's kind of where I'm at with it too. All right, well, we'll let's move on to the next category. Let's talk about actoring. Uh, <laughs> actoring is where we talk about the performances. Uh, and it, These are two comedies, so we're kind of talking about like how funny – uh, the performances were, but also whether the writers and directors um, gave them the tools that they needed. And these are both like comedic directors who really get uh, who, who, who also have a good wrote eye the for movies, that. yeah, yeah, who wrote the movies as well. So yeah, um, let's talk about Hunt for the Wilder People since we were just talking about it. Uh, Layla, why don't you start? Uh, 
You know she started last time, people. right? Gabe? I. You know um, what, Nick? You're not going to talk this time then. <laughs> We're going to skip you. Um, I gave Hunt for the Wilder People um, f- a five. Hmm. I. I don't dislike anyone in this movie. I think everyone does a really great job with what they're given. And I think the writing, as we've just discussed, is hilarious. So I think it's like above average. I don't think it's just a basic or average movie. I think it's really fucking funny. I don't think anyone in it was like remarkable. So I don't want to go too high on it because there's there are better well, acting Neal. comedies out there. Yeah, I think Sam Neill was remarkable. I, I mean, it's a, I think it's a great performance. I don't... I guess I personally wouldn't be like that's like the greatest performance ever. Well, I literally remarked like, about it afterwards. Literally <laughs> remarked about it. Um, no, no, think no about I, it, I think that's, that's almost totally everything fair. is remarkable. Yeah, because you yeah. can remark so, about pretty much yeah. anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say about it. Every I enjoyed everyone. I think that kid is incredible. I think anytime I see a kid that can be that comedic and have perfect timing like that and just yeah. like this be shit. Just got <laughs> real. Uh, just like yeah. it hits so Julie perfectly. It, is fucking hilarious. It's like it's. It, I believe it. Like I've, and even the side characters are just so funny to me. Honestly, the only person, and it's just honestly, it's just the writing. It's not even her. The social worker wears on me in the movie just because she just gets exponentially more intense as the movie goes on. And I know that that could be funny to some people, but after a little while, I'm like shut the fuck up. Like I'm just, I get, I slightly get annoyed with characters who do that because she's like, basically I think it hits too cop. close to home for you too. Okay. Discl- like a disclaimer to everybody. I am a social worker, but mm. <laughs> like, mm. I still I know what you're incredibly, saying. Incredibly funny in the first half of the movie. I think she's great. I just fair. think the, the gag went too far. I think it was a little too much by the end, but it does. She's not a great like antagonist for the movie. She just yeah. loses her. It's funny. There's like sheen. essentially two antagonists. There's her, and then there's the like hunter bully guy with the zip off shorts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> just like a pussy. Um, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, Layla. Um, for me, this is where like us bringing in how a writer and director uh, helps the performances. This is like a movie that gets really boosted by that because Sam Neill is someone I never expected to find funny in a movie. I always liked him, you know, from watching uh, like Jurassic Park and like Peaky Blinders and stuff. But he is so funny in this movie, but also just like there's so much depth to his performance. Like you could really feel that he's like, he really wants to try to help this kid, but he's so fucking stubborn as like a stoic older guy. Have we Um, seen him try to do a comedy before? Like, has he, I think he has, I think there's another movie Uh, that he has. Ragnarok. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. But that was, that was after, that was after this, so after is, he had is. already had a, like a relationship with Ty. Well, I mean, isn't Sam Neill like an acclaimed stage actor too? Yeah, exactly. That's like, it, and I, I'm not saying that he wasn't capable of this. I think it's just that Taika really brought it out so well that it really yeah, and Taika's boosted amazing up. that way. I mean, sure. Julian Julian Dennison, we already said it was great, but I like I especially love the chemistry between Julian Dennison and Sam Neill. I think they really play off of each yeah. other very well. And, I mean, that kid is, you know, blowing up. He was in Deadpool, too, as well. Uh, I personally think Rachel House as Paula, what I like about her is that she does Taika's brand of comedy so well. And she does it really well in Thor Ragnarok, 
also when she's like oh, asking about using the melt stick he's like no we're not going to use the melt stick on him <laughs> like um but uh i don't know there's just like really good short performances too like I, taika really sprinkles in these like weird ass side performances always it's so great yeah. and they they have a lot of heart so um yeah. i'm giving it kind of a six i think because wow. it's well above average for well, me well yeah you're talking it up yeah i'm between a five and a six because i agreed with everything layla said like the the paula character wears on you i think that that ricky starts the movie not selling me and by the end of the movie he's just totally sold me so i mean there's like i don't know it feels nitpicky to give it anything other than a five or a six or like just just sort of overdoing it if you gave it a seven i just don't i don't know I forgot I, to I mention buy... how great the montage is at the beginning when they're introducing Ricky's character and all the shit he's done. Oh my done god, all the shit he's done. Oh god, he's like talk about that and stuff. In visuals. It's yeah. So funny. It's um, like, is that scene better or is the scene where they are reading all of the letters in Moonrise Kingdom? Yeah, I mean that one's great. Which one too. of those montages? I, that's is that's better. something I wanted to talk about uh as well as like a, a stylistic mark of I'm gonna go everything. five for Wilder People. Okay. I went six for Moonrise Kingdom. Speak on it. Because, um, I mean, take your pick, right? It's a Wes Anderson movie. They're all, I mean, he's just, he just has this like formula. And if you're going to talk about, like, if we're going to compare the two, this is really why I went five for Wilder People and six here is if you're going to compare what the directors and writers are doing for their actors. I mean, Wes Anderson is directing, I mean, he's directing two kids and then he's somehow manages to, you know, also work in all of these other actors, some of whom aren't the best of actors. Like Bruce Willis isn't that great of an actor and he's great in this movie. Like you're, yeah. I mean, he, what he's doing to set them up for success it has to be above and beyond what almost any director is going to do in almost any movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's you're, so you're close to a seven. with me and Layla here. No, I know. Anderson. I know. I just get the lead. I just get the bat lead off, so I get to say it first. <laughs> okay. Well, we're we're a hundred percent skipping you on the next one. Um, <laughs> Layla, are are you kind of in the same realm or? Yeah. I mean, I gave it a six. Oh, um, okay. No, I didn't. I don't. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, I gave it a six, and t- like tying into what you just said, I think one of the great things about Wes and with these movies is that I think it's like such an accomplishment to be able to direct so many people who have like these are like these are heavyweight actors that are carrying way less lines than they would in any other movie but have to still create a powerhouse performance with an incredibly small portion of a film and he somehow gets like 20 different actors to do that in one movie at one time yeah and that is that's him right that's what he does and that's incredible (coughs) and because it's easy, it could be so easy for some of these huge people to get lost, and they never do. Like even yeah. with if they have just like this one scene, it's still amazing. And a huge part of that is his directing, but also his writing, because yeah. he gives them incredible like dialogue to go off of in these small moments, these intimate small moments. And I want to piggyback off that real yeah. quick because I forgot to say this because I didn't take any notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
what he's also doing, what Wes Anderson must be doing behind the scenes is instructing his actors to act in this extremely specific way that he has developed that fits for his type that of movie. fits yeah. his yeah. style. Mm-hmm. And that's not like you can see it a lot with Ed Norton in this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of his lines are you're like, that's not how Ed Norton Thank delivers you. lines. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Totally. That's just not and how he I'm does I'm so glad it. you brought that up. And it's similar uh, to what you were yeah. saying with Bruce, because Bruce is not a great actor exactly. either, but you know that he coached him through that, and he was mm. able to take on that persona. Like, I'm sorry, I don't think Bruce Willis is, like, an incredible actor. Is that what you're making that noise I don't know over? if he's, like, incredible, but I think Bruce Willis is a good actor that do- yeah. that chooses bad roles. Oh, fair, More often fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. But I, I, I just think comparatively to some of these powerhouses that we're talking about, like, I don't necessarily think he's Bruce Willis. Come, he's going to come that, kick my ass now. I know. Dude. He's listening in. <laughs> Uh, he, the thing about, but like, that's, he's also a great example too, of someone who's like what he has done in the past mm-hmm. doesn't really, it's not right. It's not Wes's like style. Right. But he brings Bruce in and all of a sudden Bruce is able to be a character in a Wes Anderson movie and kill it. Like that's, that's definitely Wes coaching him through that. And that's incredible. Yeah. And so, yes, I, I think it's a six. I think everyone puts in incredible performances. I think every yeah. I, I have a hard time giving sevens out because I give a seven out if it's just like. Hey, let me like, do it for you. Okay, do uh, it. Give a seven. <laughs> I no, I actually I, I and I'm surprised by this because going in I was like, oh, I'd probably be like a five or a six because it's not like tremendous acting, but I I something about Moonrise Kingdom it's these these performances specifically and i think you guys are both highlighting it with ed norton and bruce willis ed norton by the way who's an incredible actor everyone would say um but he he does wes anderson so well and it's just it's interesting because ed norton is such a like idiosyncratic uh or he he's not an idiosyncratic he's like uh, wes or ed norton gets in trouble because he's always like i know how to do this performance better than the director would and he's been like famous for kind of being trouble on set. That's why he kind of makes fun of himself in Birdman. Um, but he's he's with one of the most idiosyncratic directors. Like he has to bend to the will of Wes Anderson, and he's done it on multiple Wes Anderson movies. So he clearly respects what Wes Anderson does with characters. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, I watched this interview where Wes Anderson kind of describes like how he makes his movies. And there was this quote, and I sent it to Layla, where he basically says. I always feel like any of my characters could walk into another one of my movies and feel at home. And I fucking love that. That just explains. He's created a world. That's incredible. He creates this world like, you know, like more incredible than the MCU really between his characters. And I think it's so great in this. And yeah, I mean, Nick and I complain about child actors all the time, but like what Jared Gilman does and what uh, Kara Hayward does they're both great. They're given these like ridiculous. Kara Hayward is given like truly absurd lines to say. Jared yeah. Gilman is like he's supposed to act like he's a little adult, um, and he he makes me laugh hard. Uh, I think like we could have given them a collective Oscar, just like team them up as like a mega human. Um, I hot take. I don't really actually like Jared Gilman much in this movie. Oh, dude, wrong. He kind of bo- wrong. His delivery sort of bo- bothers me. He's the only I, reason I didn't give it a I seven. think he's fucking unbelievable, and I thought he was going to be a huge star afterwards, and I'm kind of surprised he hasn't been. I'm going to say not. that I get why he is incredible, but I kind of side with Nick a little bit where he, like, annoys me a little bit. But, okay, like, well, his character's I, supposed I, I to be I get annoying. why he's incredible. Sure, but, like, I... 
I think it's just hard with kids. Like, I think there are just some yeah. kids that I don't like to hear talk. <laughs> like, I just... That's fair. He's kind, of, he's kind of one of them. However, we should acknowledge baby Lucas Hedges. I'm sorry. Oh, my even, God. Baby Lucas Hedges is so funny in this. Yeah. I mean, it's no wonder that kid has turned out to be <laughs> such an incredible actor. He's so great in this on his little motorcycle. Yeah, I also love... I mean... Like, I love Bill Murray in every Wes Anderson movie, but the way that he interacts with Francis McDormand is hilarious when they keep calling each other counselor. Like, I disagree with that counselor. Like, I'm going to file the motion on Monday. Uh, It just, if I ever get married, I'm going to, I I, I should get married to a lawyer and I should say that all the time, but I'd probably end up getting cucked just like Bill Murray in this, who has one of the most depressing characters in a Wes Anderson movie. He does, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's just great There's great people all around. I mean, like, Jason Schwartzman, Tilda Swinton, and Harvey Keitel are, like, barely in this movie, and they make their mark, like, right when they're in it. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a seven for me. I fucking love it. Um, well, Nick, since you didn't start either of these, why don't you start with originality? Talk about how creative the movies were or uh, how they uh, mm-hmm. stood out. What are we starting out? with? What do you want to start with? Let's start with Wilder People. Okay. Because before I looked it up, I gave it a seven. And then I found out it's based on a book. Oh, and I didn't I even like, know that. Yeah, it's actually, I th- no, it's based on one book. The book just has a, an inter- a weird title. It's like something and something. Like wild pork and something. Mm. <laughs> It's weird. It's a weird title. <laughs> I can find hungry. it right now because I'm pork. looking. Dude. Oh, I found it. I found it. Uh, yeah. Wild Pork and Watercress. And Barbacoa. Yeah. Okay. Wild Pork and Watercress is the movie that the, the Taika Waititi the loosely adapted. The book, sorry. Loosely adapted into this movie. Um, I want to read this. But book. I mean, I think it's a really, I don't know if it's, I don't know, I struggle. I don't know if it's a unique plot, but... It kind of is. I mean, delinquent boy runs away with a new dad and evades police for months while he, he finds himself and they discover an, an extinct bird. Like, I I mean, it's just oh, I really... about the extinct bird part. I always yeah. forget about that for some reason. Yeah, because it's like, it, I don't know, it's part, of, it's part of why I didn't give the spectacularity a higher score. It just has these, like, it's a little bit disjointed in a way, but but, but I digress. I just think that... I think that it, it is going to get a six from me, huh. even though it's based on a book. It's I like really I'm, based off of a book. Like this book is like the exact same storyline. Yeah. And honestly, without even knowing that it's based off of a book, personally, I, I'm, I'm kind of I, – I was at a four. I think it's kind of average in terms of originality. And I think part of that is that a similar-ish super creative movie came out before, which was Moonrise Kingdom. And I think I think the concept of this movie is not that original. The like orphan kid who the parent like learns to love. I think it's how he fits that concept into this like kind of wacky story with with you know little inner sort of interludes or like different characters showing up. I think that's where it kind of stands out. I yeah. just think where it is creative, it, like in his comedy and his visual style. Uh, and things like that. I kind of gave it more credit in other categories. Where I just, I just don't think it stands 
that much out in the genre um, compared to another like offbeat type of comedy of this style. I do think it needed to be made, uh, especially if it's based off of a book. It's so cool to turn that into this movie by Taika Waititi that made him into a bigger name director. Um, I don't know. I'm at a four though. It's kind of average for me in terms of originality. Hmm. It's the only thing I'd probably knock the movie for. What about you, Layla? Yeah, I gave it a four. And mostly for everything you said. I I mean, even before knowing that it was a book, I mean, Wes did it before him storyline wise. And I do think Taika is pretty inspired by Wes. So I do think this is a little bit of an homage to that. Simpsons probably did it. At some point. Um, And... I, the reason I'm not giving it less is only because it's it's it was meant to be made because it's a, a newer version of that with a different comedy and it's Taika's comedy and I love his comedy and I think it was special because of that so I gave it an average score but I don't think fuck it's, yeah yeah I mean I agree with that um, Nick, I'm still you're... at above average because I really don't think Taika Waititi and Wes Anderson are really that similar you know the more you similar. watch them I don't think like you know because I think he's inspired. Wes has such a specific like visual style that no one is similar to him and no one will ever be similar to him, like to a certain degree. I think there's a, there's a style of their humor, this like matter of fact way of speaking and the like over a, I I don't know. There's something about like the style of comedy that they're like, I'd put them in that comedic spectrum, even if they're still different. Excuse me. I see it. (laughs) Well, what, okay, well, let's talk about... Okay, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was Keep just going to say, I, I also think Taika's, like, kind of trying to create his own world in his own way, too. Like, yeah. I do think Taika's going to be one of those people where when you watch a movie, you're going to know he wrote it because you're going to know his humor so well. And, For like, sure. Wes I, is similar that way. Yeah, his... We're, I mean, I don't think Hunt for the... Even though we're saying, you know, Moonrise Kingdom came out before and it is similar, I don't think that he was, like, intentionally derivative of that movie. Um... But, you know, if, we, if we're moving on to Moonrise Kingdom, you know, I, I find this to be an extremely original script, as I do yeah. almost every Wes Anderson yeah. one. Um, the only it's one that's not, not as original movies. because it's Anything based on something seven. else is Fantastic Mr. Fox. But it's still like you turn Fantastic Mr. Fox into essentially like an adult film and not like that. But, you, you know, like it, 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 what he did with that was really <laughs> unique. But um, – what I like about this one, speaking of adults, I love the way that he tells this story through the eyes of adults for a lot of it. You know, I mean, like, you're not even introduced yeah. to uh, Sam until, like, 16 minutes in. Um, and I love the way he does that. Obviously, it's really vi- uh, visually creative, which we can talk about uh, in a while, uh, in a little bit. But I also love, like, his take on Boy Scouts and making them into this, like, super structured almost like army level base is so fucking funny uh mm-hmm. and i'm sure like other people had wanted to do that and it's just such a wes anderson thing to be able to like bring that to life um i also think the concept of the two kids like running the two kids like being so sure they're in love and like wanting to get married and running away but they're th- these like problematic kids like there's something i i don't think i've seen that in another movie to this degree um, you know, there's like 
Bridge to Terabithia, but I don't think that's like the same thing. And that movie is God, oh such so a sad. sad movie. Um, such a sad <laughs> movie. And and a big thing for this is it was nominated for original screenplay, and I'm always going to give you credit in this category if that happens because it's just so it's so unique, and it's Wes Anderson. So I give it a six. Um, really? I think it's well, you I think it's well above average. Yeah, I, pr- I gave I don't it a seven. seven. This is the I gave it a seven. I thought you would give oh. it a seven. <laughs> I'll move up to a seven. I'm fine giving this movie all sevens, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I I gave it a seven just because I think there's another category, obviously, but I do think this is one of those categories where you kind of have to just because Wes Anderson, as we said, builds his own worlds that only like his own characters could walk into. And I think that the, the world he built in this movie is entirely original and the things they say to each other and the way they communicate to each other. And as you said, original screenplay. Um, but like, just the film itself, right? Like if you take like just the concept alone out of it, like no one's going to ever recreate this, this type of storyline again. Like it's just, it's, it's a hundred percent Wes Anderson. So I just feel like it's hard with convinced seven. Yeah. I don't know. It's a seven. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how it's anything other than a seven. I don't know how (laughs) almost any of his movies are anything other than a seven. Yeah. I mean, he trained that Fox. He trained that Fox to sound just like Meryl Streep. It's, it's insane. It's one of the better Meryl Streep impressions, but uh, the George Clooney one I've seen better. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know how much more there is to be said. It, it's, it's incredibly original, needed to be made. It stands out on its own. It stands out in its genre. Let's move on. Let's talk about eye candy. Let's talk about the visual elements. And I want to fucking start with... Because I just I get so excited about the visual elements of a Wes Anderson movie that let's start with Moonrise Kingdom because I mean this was because I'm trying this is where I'm trying to differentiate between his other movies. Okay. This is where I think he was starting to reach the level that he like peaked at. And I'm not saying that he's not gonna stay at his peak because French Dispatch could be at at his peak. And I think Isle of Dogs was at the peak, but once he got to Grand Budapest Hotel, I was like, oh my god, he's mastered exactly what he wants in these movies. Yeah. He knows exactly how his sets are going to look, and he had been yeah. working towards that. And I think Moonrise Kingdom was that piece right before that that really got him there. Um, at least in the the ones, uh, the real life ones. Um, but I love this one has like all of his signatures that I love, and each of them like kind of stand out. So there's like the location he'll do like a location montage and it's Bob Balaban at the beginning, like explaining the Island. And he's like, he's like framed in different, he's like in different parts of the frame and there, there's these beautiful landscapes and everything around him. Um, he'll do like a set walkthrough. He always does a set walkthrough towards the beginning. You get it with the house. Um, when it's moving through the different rooms and stuff of the house where Susie lives. And then you get it with like walking through the camp for the first time when they f- uh, figure out that Sam had escaped. He's like, Jiminy Cricket, uh, the f- he's flew the coop or whatever. Um, uh, I love whenever he does an inventory scene. Uh, there's a really good SNL sketch where they do like a hollow uh, Wes Anderson if he made a Halloween movie, and they basically make fun of all of this because he's so idiosyncratic. But uh, I lo- it, this is another thing you mentioned it earlier. I love the way he does letters. Like if someone's writing something, they'll talk over it and they speak at a very in a very precise, ridiculous mm-hmm. way as they read it. It's like the perfect mm-hmm. amount of pauses and stuff. Um, 
Costuming's always great. Dude, how do we get a, hand, uh, a hold of these uh, police caps? Those like old baseball oh, yeah. caps. That he, like the fucking... I w- dude, I wonder if he used the... I wonder if he had the same company that I'm like obsessed with their hats make them. Maybe. Uh, Abbott's Field flannels. I mean, dude, it looks like, have, like an old like hats. Brooklyn yeah. fucking They make like the old, old style yeah. like eight panel hats. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, it looks super weird on my head that the one that he's wearing. That Ew, I mean, it looks weird on his head too. One. It's 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 it oddly does. shaped, but it's it's, it's cute when odd. the kid has it at the end, Sam. Yeah. Um, there's like certain moments too. I mean, the lightning shot is, is so awesome. Uh, I yeah. fucking love that. I love when Ed Norton like jumps the little canyon, I guess, and slides into the tent. Um, yeah, that's such a his visual style so is incredible. Cool. I I'm at seven. What, uh, what about you, Layla? I mean, it's a seven. This is like, if there were ever to be a category that Wes Anderson has to have like sevens across the board, it's visuals just because I, I don't, you you can take away a lot of things and it, this is what makes it a Wes Anderson movie for me. And this is my favorite part of his worlds and what he builds. His set pieces blow my mind. Like aside from, and I'll get to the way he shoots a film, but like the costumes, the sets, the world that he builds and like the, the, detail like there is just no one that has more detail than he does like you'll see in every corner of a shot that there is like a perfectly placed painting in the background or like things sitting in the background that's just and you want to like all about like symmetry and stuff like david fincher is another person who's obsessed with what's in the frame and we'll we'll fucking stop us a shot but wes anderson is all about like like it everything has to be centered Literally yes, every yeah. shot, even if the camera moves, it mm-hmm. has to be, it has to end up in a centered place. Absolutely, crazy every, every time. And I and Gabe, I think I've like sent you these like Instagram posts where it's like people are like enamored by the symmetry in his shots, like because he does like those profile shots throughout his films, and he always yeah. centers on a point in a room, and it's just it's almost like calming. I feel like I'm someone who has a lot of anxiety, and sometimes I see those shots, and I'm just like I feel a calm wash over and me. Apparently, he's not even like annoying about it. Like he is like it's probably annoying to some people, but they I mean people like being in his movies, but he's not me about any of that he's just yeah. like nope that's off i gotta redo it he's david fincher is like fuck yeah. you you're gonna do this 60 more times <laughs> because i hate you and i hate you yeah i just when i think about his movies like i don't even know it's so hard to describe sometimes but sometimes i just feel like i'm watching like a living moving painting honestly right like, i feel like I'm dude staring- that's what i was gonna say Yeah, like I feel like I'm staring at a painting and I'm watching the characters in that painting interact. And it's such a cool concept. And that's like the world he's built around his movies. And well said. It it plays into like it plays into like his stop motion as well. Like Wes Anderson is just a visual king. I'm sorry. He is one of the best visual creators out there. He's visual bay. He's visual (laughs) bay. (laughs) Anyways, that's it. (laughs) It's a seven. (laughs) Nicholas. I uh I'm gonna deflate the balloon a little bit. Oh fuck you! Get but out. I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a six. Oh no, that's because <laughs> because a I don't think it's his most visually striking movie. Yes, I agree with that. I don't I think agree. it's his most visually out on a limb movie either. But I do think you know I'm giving it a six because I love Wes Anderson. I love the way that it looks. It's a moving painting. He has such a specific artistic vision. And it is his. Yeah. You can 
you know, you can look at a Picasso and say that's a Picasso. You can look at a Wes totally. Anderson movie and say that's, that's a, a Wes point. Anderson movie. That's yeah. such a good point. There's, he has his own like, signature. You're so right. Yeah, there's something to be said for having your own thing. And like no, like nobody else has. You can't look at a David Fincher movie most of the time and be like, that's absolutely 100% a David Fincher movie. I haven't you, seen a I single frame. I say you could before you see Mank. Mank just kind of fucked that whole thing up because yeah. he, he, he ventured outside. I think that the layman is going to not know yes, that. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Jake Dave layman? will always know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a psycho. Brad um, Bradley Layman. We graduated. Yeah. Uh, Michael Layman was his cousin. Um, um, yeah. He went on to voice the badger. Not just kidding. That's Bill Murray. Just kidding. It's a badger. <laughs> okay. Are we a at this point? Badger. Are we talking about a real badger? <laughs> it's a real badger. It is. And he trained him to sound like Bill and Murray. And be a mayor. Yes, and be a mayor. He knows oh. all about... Okay, Edwards. and... Uh, <clears throat> I don't think that everyone loves Wes Anderson movies, though. I wish they did. They'd be smarter Agreed. if they all did. That's we where I think ta- I it would be in objective in legacy and spectacularity. But I'm glad you guys agree to a certain extent with eye candy, and I'm not surprised. What about Hunt for the Wilder People eye candy? <clears throat> Go ahead, Layla. Oh, man. I, you had a big sigh. Are we down with the way that throat. boar looks? I was clearing my throat, but also I like, this is what I didn't quite know what to give it to, but I'll start with what I decided on. I gave it a four because I think it's an Ooh. average visual film. Hmm. Um, I, I have like a slash um, five next to it, so I might go up to a five. <laughs> um, I think it's like, I think it's a really, like, I think it's it's fun. I think it's a good visual film. Okay, wait, I just, because of one thing alone, I just convinced myself on a five. That the, the the small little things that they do in this movie are really, really great visually. Like the fact that in the earlier parts of the movie, he says, Tupac's my best friend. And then at the end of the movie, he buttons up his shirt like Tupac does is yep. incredible. Yeah. And when I saw that, I just died of laughter. So they they definitely use the visuals as part of the comedy. And I did like... Some of the fun shots that Taika does, like when he's in, when he's lost and it's like an overhead shot and you're just watching him like trying to figure out his life in the middle of the forest. Like, yeah. And then there's like splashes of color shots, like when she murders the the boar or whatever. The, the editing the in that, yeah. I, yeah, the editing so is really, really cool in the movie in certain shots. Um, there's a lot of quick takes, which are great because it's like it adds to the like pacing of what's happening and stuff. So I think it's a good visual movie. I don't think it's remarkable and it's also hard because we're comparing it against like the greatest visual artist um ever so i started on a four i kind of feel like it's a five i don't know guys convince me so i i'm at a five uh, a slightly above average and you know he's not so in terms of the visual creativity like i don't think he's that unique in terms of like artistic direction but i think Where he really stands out is how he uses editing, which I was just talking about with comedy, mm-hmm. and yeah. and that's something that Edgar Wright does as well, and and that's You're why so Edgar smart. Wright's movies are really You're funny. So smart and handsome. It's the way that they like do it, doing that pig scene. It's not just that it's splashing with like red. It's that it keeps cutting to his face, Ricky's face, and it's getting yeah. like, yeah. like he's, he's like more and more editing, disturbed. Yeah, and uh, I love like the <laughs> montages, like I was saying, like the passing of time in the woods when things are when there's the manhunt or when he's like going around and and Heck is on the ground. Um, I think as we talked about earlier, like 
the montage of Ricky's like introduction as like a little gangster in the city is funny. Um, I also think this has, and I was really surprised because I don't know if it was a high budget. I, I couldn't find that, but um, the landscape filming is really great in this. Like if this, as I was saying to you guys before this, like if this was an ad for New Zealand, like I'm fucking sold. Not only that, that on top of them like handling the virus. Are you really or, sold? Because it really makes it seem as though there's a lot of wild boars and they could do some serious damage. There are so the wild boars. Well, okay, but these are like super sized wild boars that he uses. They're like almost comedically are large. Are they, or is that just? But the size New Zealand of wild apparently, Zealand. if you look it up, New Zealand has no predators. Um, yeah, except which is for the why wild boars. no snakes, and I fucking hate snakes, so I would move there. Um, I also love the way he films the chase scene no at the end predators? because he's making it Are into you sure shut your mouth, this? Nick. I don't have like um, eagles and shit. I don't know. The the I've heard so many times people go, "There's no predators in New Zealand." I don't get it. Human beings I mean, are like predators. Large quadrupedal predators. Yeah, I guess there's none. Yeah. Um, but, like, birds. Yeah, I love the way that he films. This is my last point. I love Lizards. the way that he films that 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 chase scene at the end with the cars because it's so. It's ridiculous. Like it's it's leveled up to what Ricky yeah. thinks the situation is. Ricky yeah, is yeah. like, I'm a gangster. We're fucking <laughs> Thelma and Louise. Yeah. And it's yeah. so funny how they do that. He has this like, his vision is hilarious, even if it's not like artistically incredible. Yeah. yeah, I had a four and I went to a five because I was thinking about how many times there's a scene that is funny only because of the way that it's presented to you visually. Yeah, and it happens yeah. like yeah, multiple times, so I had to go above above average. I will also give it a five. I also like his jackets and the way he dresses is also incredible. There's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's there's lots of. Well, that he never dessert. changes that. Yeah, he's yeah. always wearing that. He's did, always wearing the same thing. I did I mean, find I'm the a, budget, by the way. It's on Wikipedia. Oh, what is it? It's two point five million. Yeah, that's crazy. It's such it a made beautifully like twenty something million. Twenty two million, I think. Yeah. Um, that's so wild that like I mean it just looks so beautiful visually and he's so good at editing and I think a lot of directors could learn from him um, in that way alright let's move on to our last category let's talk about legacy uh, what's the lasting legacy of these movies how did you receive that uh, when you saw it and over time um, and then you know like how did everyone else receive it let's, uh, let's start with Hunt for the Wilder People uh, what did you think Nick I, uh, dude, I don't know, because how many people, like, know about this movie? I think it's become pretty popular on Netflix. Okay. Do you think so? Yeah, it's in the popular section. It's not in the top ten, but it's in the popular section. Does that really mean anything? What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. What does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean? Because, like, how does that, like, are we talking about its legacy prior to, like, did it just get added to Netflix and it's really popular right no, now? No, it's been on Netflix like, for a while content. and it's been on the popular thing for a while. I okay. think this is a pretty big, like, word of mouth movie because I yeah, remember yeah. when it came out, like, I told every – well, I had read so many great things about it. I went and saw it in theaters. Then I watched it with Jimmy and I watched it, like, two more times with Jimmy and then I just kept recommending it to people because I just – it's funny. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's fucking hilarious. I mean, it's, it's so yeah. good. It's incredible. I just have, like, never heard anyone other than you talk about it before. I didn't, like, I, yeah. it's, I just, it's, that's what's confusing to me about yeah. wanting to rate it because obviously it's an incredible movie and I now will recommend this movie to literally everybody. But prior to this moment, 
I've never read, seen, heard anything like on social media. Like I've, it, it just didn't even cross my radar. <laughs> so I don't Maybe know. Maybe if we were chilling in I New think, Zealand, not worried about a single predator, we might have given a, a higher <laughs> score. So I, I, but I, I went think, three. Okay, so that's interesting because I wanted to. If I were to go fully objective, I would go three, and if I were to go fully subjective, I would go five. So I'll split the difference with a four. I, you know, for me, or I'm saying five because even when I'm subjective, when I'm talking about a legacy, there's like some objectivity to that because like. It got great reviews, really like really good reviews. Um, ninety-seven percent and ninety-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, right, and seven point yeah. nine on IMDb and eighty-one. That's great. Uh, it also made twenty-two million, and it was a small movie, uh, like a really small movie. I think this really put New Zealand on the map um, more because he had he had already made Boy, which was really popular before this. And Eagle versus Shark, but I think this one really like started putting New Zealand films on the map. I'm not counting Lord of the Rings as a New Zealand film, even if Fair. they shot it there. Um, but if, so far, I mean, I like Taika. I so far this is my favorite of his movies. Like I like this more than Thor Ragnarok. I like it a lot more than Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I like Thor Ragnarok. I it's not my favorite MCU movie. It's is it's it like, not? It is mine. What's your favorite MCU movie? It's your favorite MCU movie. Yeah, it is. That's insane to me. And I think the story is so Taika. stupid. And yeah. it's because of Taika. It's so <laughs> I think the comedy is hilarious. If I was rating MCU movies on comedy alone, I might go oh, yeah. Guardians and then that. But for me, oh, no. I mean, I have. Uh, Winter Soldier, Black Panther, Endgame, Infinity War, Guardians, Iron Man, all those are above it. I mean, what are you guys talking it's about off here? the rails, um, Anyways, <laughs> uh, it's also just, you know, for, it, it kind of made, like, Julian Dennison, like, a pretty big star, too, because he ended up going on to Deadpool 2, which is a big role, um, and he's fucking hilarious in it. Uh, I also think it's a great late-career Sam Neill movie, so... I'll go with a four. I'll split the difference, you know. Objective. Late career, dude. He's barely even started. That would be sick. That would be awesome if he was just a, in a everything. And he, and he just got wacky, dude. I want him to be it's like a all going to start uh, with Jurassic World film. 3. Uh, That's no, going to be his breakout role. Yeah, I'm for sure. That. Let's move on. As the same, playing the same role as before. Okay. Well, okay. Layla, what's your legacy for uh, Moonrise Kingdom? Did we talk about the legacy? Okay, whatever. Anyways. Um, no, you didn't give me a rate. You did not get to rate it. Yeah, I did. I went I, three. I mean, I, Gabe well, went four. I'm going to go three. Oh, my okay. bad. I thought Layla said three as well. I said That's I had no I idea what up. to give it, but I'm going to give it a three because I think I like based off of everything you said is true, but like the reason you're going to give it a little bit higher is because you experienced all of that. Like I have no premise for this movie at all. Like I just. Yeah, have, I guess I it's interesting no to learn that. Like no, but and and Gabe can like definitely speak to the fact that like I'm within the film world a lot as far as news and things and what's coming out and the fact that I didn't even know this movie came out. Wait, <laughs> like it's you just wait. This was the first time you ever saw it. No, I no, oh. I've seen it. I've seen it before. Oh, I'm when just it came I out, saw it when it came it. out, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it's. I, I it took me longer than it should have to have found this movie is my point. Like it just it's not That's like fair. I think it's well gonna be known. even though it's on the popular list, I think it's gonna be one of those like 
great hidden gem, like hidden comedic yes, gems that people like. It'll keep passing word of mouth. I think anyone could watch it and enjoy it. I think um, this that's kind of where our score I was going is going to change in like the next couple of years. Now that it's yeah. on Netflix and people are like really bored right yeah, now, yeah, it'll be a seven just, in like, a year finding stuff. It's people are going to love this movie once they find it for sure. I totally agree. But what about Moonrise Kingdom Legacy? I went six. Yeah, this is tough. I I think I'm going to do the six. same. I gave it a six. Let's okay. all explain our reasons at the same time. And, and mine is like a list of things. So do, do <laughs> you lists? Okay. Uh, no. I mean, I already said earlier, like this is, this is my second favorite Wes Anderson movie and I, I love it. it. It gets better and better for me. Um, it was, it was only nominated for best screenplay. He started getting nominated for a, like it with grand Budapest. I think he got a lot of nominations. Yeah. Um, it lost – the only reason why it lost original screenplay was it went against Django Unchained. And, you know, I could have gone either way with that. I think they're yeah, both yeah, incredibly original. Um, yeah. Pretty much the same uh, same ratings. I, like slightly lower user ratings for IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes than uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a little surprising to me. Um but since he's he was still at this time this small like niche director that people people loved him, but th- he wasn't really ultra popular yet, and he still yeah. made sixty eight million dollars off of this, and he makes these small. I mean, it was a sixteen million dollar budget, but like they're smaller movies uh, with big actors. Um, there is a lot of discussion behind that like borderline kitty porn scene so i i will say that fucking hurts its legacy at least a smidge i mean doesn't yeah. that like kind of help its legacy though because there was more is this is the thing i get confused with legacy oh, when you because like it, yeah because like isn't legacy itself just like how much of like it has a legacy That's sure you could point, have a bat right? you could be like infamous uh yeah which yeah, like according- the room, we've talked about this like the room has a seven in legacy yeah or we always give it's like so garbage. It's you, you like because or if we hate a movie, knows, if we it. hate a movie, we go up to a two if it's been talked about a lot, like Suicide Squad and Lucy or whatever. Because you could, there's always something to talk about because they're so fucking stupid. Um, anyways, so I, I get that. I mean, legacy is whatever. You, I mean, all these categories are whatever I mean, so, you want. So them I didn't to really look look into this part because i was like mm, okay well no i'm just gonna talk about his boner his little 14 year old boner and so i'm just gonna not i'm gonna pretend i i'm gonna just kind I mean, of forget he grabs that that her tits happened. like it's fucking weird dude so what is the controversy there the controversy I mean, is that it's two 14 year olds on screen fucking no i mean like clear. what did it's... what did people write about it oh they said screw you wes anderson you jerk I think it's just for me watching it. I was like, I definitely believe that it's poss- very possibly the first time either of these kids are doing any of these things right now, and it's like unfortunate that they were forced to do this on camera. The two of them yeah. experiencing this for the first time be- because he didn't feel like he could just make them kiss, which would have been perfectly fine. Like she got felt up for the first fucking time, probably on- in a Wes Anderson movie I hope. on camera. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, like, it's just unnecessary. It wasn't necessary. We all would have been perfectly fine if they had cute little yeah. funny dialogue and kissed and then went to go sleep together in their tent. Like So, to answer your question, Nick, I read one article that was from a, a person who was, uh, like, a survivor of, 
of child sexual assault when he was a kid. And he wrote an article that to put something in a popularized movie or whatever is it's, it's fucking weird. Uh, and the, I just, I mean, for me, like, you know, it doesn't make me hate the movie, but I do kind of, I, every time I watch it, I'm like, is that legal? I don't I know, just don't and think I'm a lawyer, and I have no idea. Real consent to that? I'm sorry. Neither of them like, can. They're under. They're both under the age of consent. For sure, and he. I, I just mean because she's the one being felt. She, up. Yeah, he but touches like, her. But oh, yeah. sure. He's yeah. touching her, but like it. There's just no matter whether you had their parents' permission, you had the conversations with them, whatever. They don't know what they're getting themselves into, and who knows how that felt for them? Like it just. They're too young. It, it didn't need to happen. All right, it was let's not give necessary. it a one. <laughs> No, We're but good. I mean, I guess it's besides canceled. that, I think we all agree, you know, the legacy is it, it's a great Wes Anderson movie and it's a funny one and it's enjoyable to revisit. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Except for that one scene. Less enjoyable for Layla you, this time around overall. That's um, what you said. Do you guys? Yeah. No, I do think I don't. I don't think this specific Wes Anderson movie for me is one that I'm going to be able to rewatch endlessly. And I don't know why that is. I need to explore that, but that's how I felt this time around. But do you guys know, like, cause there's definitely a lot of people who don't get Wes Anderson or don't yeah, like, dumb. no, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, I'm sure there's people that are listening to this that don't fully get him. Um, like, cause I, cause there's definitely people I've talked to where like, cause for me, he's just like, he's it like he's incredible like this is pure filmmaking Mm -hmm. incredible and like but i also like have to like acknowledge the fact that there are probably a lot of people that watch this and don't necessarily get the humor or get the dialogue or follow it the same way so i kind of like i do feel like wes anderson as much as we've just been sitting here praising him is kind of a hit or miss for a lot of people i think he's like a love slash hated like i think but at the same time at the same time i would say at least because cause my family's pre- they're pretty basic individuals, my family. But my dad really loves Rushmore, and I know that my brother really loves Fuck at yeah. least one Wes Anderson movie. Fuck yes. Yeah. So like, I think that even if you don't get some of Wes Anderson stuff, there's at least one Wes Anderson movie where you're like, hell yeah, I like... It's so weird that all of his movies are so similar, but everyone has kind of like a, a different specific one. I think yeah. we, Layla and I were talking about this. It's like the kind of the consensus is out that in terms of best quote unquote best objectively Grand Budapest Hotel is probably his best movie. It just right. it was really work. well received. Yeah. It's him mastering his art, but everyone has their own, you know. Like I, I am very there. There are a certain group of people that like Life Aquatic a lot. I don't think a lot of them would say it's the best. Um, that's just a thing sure. between me and my brother and Connor. Uh, uh, why McKinnon. am I blanking on his last name? McKinnon. Yeah, Connor McKinnon. McKinnon. Condor, what's up, buddy? Um, anyways, uh, should we should we close out, Nick? Yeah, we got a uh, ninety-four. Okay. For Moonrise Kingdom and a 73 for Hunt for the Wilder People. 94 wow. out of 105 and a 73 out of 105. Great films. Good didn't work. didn't expect the gap to be that much. I didn't either. It added up over time. Yeah. That's I how mean, math we works. gave I think it's just a thing to say. I mean, I gave, I was one off of a perfect score in the end. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> yeah, we had I don't a gap think of it's a two, movie, but, uh, a gap of three. A gap well, I'm of sure five, legacy for a while. A gap of I mean, five yeah, that and a gap great. of yeah, like ten. That's so it's so interesting. Eight. I mean I, I would this is like a top fifty probably movie for me. Um and so I, I guess that's fair. Um yeah. okay. 
Let's we gave give the out nod to Moonrise in every category. Would you say we gave the nod to Moonrise in every category? Yeah, yeah I think that's where that. it starts. It, if it if it <laughs> yeah. beats out, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. What about some awards? Who won Acolades. these movies or what won these movies? Achilates. Adoption. Adoption won out big. Hey guys, uh, you foster should consider children. adoption. Yeah, foster or foster children. You know. Uh, and don't be like horrible foster parents who like abuse the system and and abuse the kids. And yeah. Stuff. To be clear, like we're not movies. saying everyone foster a child. Yeah. If you're responsible, foster. Yeah. Uh, the LVP, the system. Fuck the system. Except Paula. for except for the system that Layla works in because they're doing a spectacular <laughs> job. Just incredible work in Chicago uh, metropolitan area. Um. Six man, uh, performance that did the most with the least. We all came to an agreement that the mom in uh, in Hunt for the Wilder uh, Wilder People, the foster mom, foster uh, mom. to Waiiti, something like that. Yeah. Her character's name is Bella. Bella, she is great. She Beautiful. just charmed our hearts in a short period of time. What a woman, dude! There are other people too, like small performances in each of them, but she really had a big impact in a short period of time. Uh, what would you guys think? Comeback player, performance that grew on you, or character that grew on you? What did we agree on? We because agreed on Sam. Agre- we he- agreed on Hick. what's his name? Hick. 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 Yeah. Hick. Yeah. yeah I I just he just has the most growth. Wise, like he goes yeah. from like a fucking curmudgeon-y, badass, grumpy ass uh, bush, bushwhacker to yeah. uh, a really a guy who he writes a, a haiku at the end. You know. Yeah. Um, Story-wise, it's him. I think for me personally, it's Ricky. Not oh, interesting. Ricky the character, Ricky the actor that plays Ricky. Oh, that the performance really Denson. grows on you? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah. All right. What about Cy Young for person who threw the most heat, just came in, was fucking, even though now we're switching to another sport, he just drained like 10 threes in a row and then walked firing. off the court. Firing on all cylinders. It is. Engines It's got to be. Revving. Reese Darby's who plays Psycho Sam in Hunt for the Wilder People. That guy's fucking absurd. That's so such. A it's guy. like every conspiracy conspiracy theorist strapped into a redheaded New Zealand man. <laughs> I love it. Just firing on. All, he's so absurd. Um, what's your all star? Or what's our all star team? Who are the be- What were the best performances? All the three five kids. best. All the kids. Yeah, all the three, three kids. So Sam. shout out Jared Gilman. Kara Hayward, yeah, Hayward, and uh, Ju- uh, uh, what, what's his name? Julian Dennison. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, and then Sam Neill, you said? Sam yes, Neal. correct. And then we gave a tie, and we love these two people. Edward Norton and Bill Murray. Congratulations, you made the all-star team. What an achievement. Wow. I'm so proud of both of you guys. Uh, all right. Any other awards you want to give out? No. I just want to any again other acknowledge Lucas Hedges for being the cutest baby face Lucas Hedges of all time. Oh, he's I'm sorry. Great. I can't ever get over a cute little baby Lucas Hedges. He's a cute kid in it, he, even though he's such a piece of shit. Uh, but his dog, but his dog gets killed way. because of him. Um, all right. Do you have any recommendations, Layla? I do. What's uh, I watch this like. I watch. I I got into this like watch. I think it's Australian. Um, 
it's a comedy TV show called Please Like Me, and I think it's on Hulu. Oh, yeah. And I think I told you about this, Gabe. I, like, mm-hmm. love this comedy TV show. I think Australian and New Zealand humor is so fun. Oh, and mm-hmm. I think this comedy is so fun because it grapples with, like, a lot of serious issues, but, like, with great comedy. And the creator and writer is Josh Thomas. He's a comedian. Um, and I think, well, it was Freeform that picked up a TV show of his that has um, – he becomes the like caretaker of his sisters. He has like, what an the fuck is sister. Freeform? Does anyone know what Freeform is? I can tell you what Freeform is. It What's was here? ABC Family, but Freeform oh. is the new name for ABC Family. It is the family Dumb. television for ABC Network. Okay, that's that. Why the yeah. hell did they? Go- that's a weird name. I don't like. I it. have no f- idea, and it upsets the living bejesus out of me. Yeah, um, okay, I'm glad. We're but in, they picked up a TV show by him as well. He's a great comedian. I saw him do stand up live, and it was incredible. Anyways, oh, please like me is a great TV show. Australian. We promise that we do. Uh, like you. Thanks. Uh, uh, yeah, that, and then obviously, just a my favorite Wes Anderson is Fantastic Mr. Fox. So if y'all yeah, haven't go seen rewatch that, that. You should. or watch it if you haven't seen it. Uh, I recommend this to you guys all the time, and I'm going to recommend it on the pod again. I think everyone should see the movie Submarine if they like these two movies. I think Submarine, it's this Welsh movie, and it's very much like Wes Anderson. The kid is fucking hilarious. He's uh, He's in Neighbors. He's the pledge that they, like, fuck with and then who turns on them. He's hilarious. He's super funny, but it's, like, this weird artsy movie in Wales. And he teaches you all about Wales, too. And it's it's super funny. It's kind of got, like, the dark side of it that you feel, like, you know how, like, every Wes Anderson movie kind of has, like, a sad moment? Some kind of trauma to it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Royal Tenenbaums especially. Yeah. has that, you know, famous uh, scene uh, with Needle in the Hay. But it's great. And, and the score is made by Alex Turner, the singer and guitarist for uh, Arctic Monkeys, who Nick and I love, uh, although it's dwindling. What's up? And hate. And hate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also think, speaking of shows, watch End of the Fucking World if you like these things. I think End of the yeah. Fucking World kind of nails this, like style of comedy in a more nihilistic way it's like super nihilistic oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah any and any from you great kid actors too sorry it's so just another yeah i mean i guess they're like technically both like young adults but they're like they're so great in their roles uh and it's really funny and it's just it's got a visual style that's definitely borrowed a little bit from wes anderson mm-hmm. um less artfully or fantastical or majestical yeah. um Anyways, Nick, you got any recommendations? I've just got Mr. In-Between. I think we've recommended it before, oh, but if we're going to recommend yes. Australia and New Zealand stuff, Mr. In-Between yes. is so good. Everyone yes. in the world needs to watch it. Clay, <laughs> I know you're still listening to this. You listen to all of our episodes. Clay, I have texted you 50 times about this mo- this show. Watch it. The first season so it's is two hour. hours long. The first season is six so episodes and, and, and each half hour. It's great. Super dark. Um really toes the line it's called mr in between like it really toes the line between him being like a good and bad person and i love it yeah and it toes uh, yeah it, the yeah. second season is so good it's worth watching i fully convince alec goldberg um it's uh, amazing uh okay next week music we don't know what we're doing uh but we might be doing this co- this christmas pair but you should follow us on instagram to find out instagram.com slash facing off pod 
uh, just look up Facing Off. Or you can go on Twitter. Uh, Nick has been awful at our Twitter in terms of letting people know what our movies are going to be the next week. He was good for a while. He was pretty cryptic and fun about it. Uh, but since uh, uh, since I'm calling him out... engagement. I don't know who's going to engage. Well, people will start engaging. I saw new people were following us there. So go follow us on Twitter. It's so fun. Twitter is such a fun place. It also makes you really oh, yeah. sad inside. Um, it's so, it's so good yeah. for my mental health. Look up Facing Off Pod on Twitter. Do so you good. guys... Or, or send us emails too. Facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. Send us reviews of movies or suggestions. We got... Uh, Lucas Alonzo wants to be our, our chief uh, uh, fucking suggestion person. I said, hey, bud, everybody does that. But hey, Lucas, keep them coming. Uh, send it to us by email, facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. Wow, that was really long-winded. Do you guys have a send-off? <laughs> you would think Jesus. I thought Jesus the first time he came across the door. It's not Jesus. It's another door. And you guess what's on the other side of that door? Yeah, Jesus. He's tricky like that, Jesus. <laughs> the way he says it is like Cheez-Its, too. Cheez-Its. He, yeah. just, he like over Jesus. Jesus. Layla? You would think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>